I just want to I just want to encourage you guys to say that you know this is a new year and it's a, an opportunity for fresh starts and you know many of you you know maybe have even thought about you know do I want to participate particularly in a lighthouse or or maybe you were at one point and you've kind of stepped away I just want to re-encourage you today right as you know we are getting started even in a new year this is this is the the opportunity the call that is going forth out to you again right to be able to join in with us in prayer you know uh, one of the other things I just didn't want to comment on I know this wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, one of the ladies that I know in our church, you know, for instance, she's not available, for instance, on Monday evenings. I think she works every Monday evening. But every week she, she, she goes back to the lighthouse and she puts it on at a different time and she puts it on with her kids and they pray together uh, the, whole, the whole lighthouse once a week, even though she doesn't fit it in. That's one of the benefits of it is, is that it doesn't always have to fit, you know, into that exact schedule. If there's something that's going on that prevents you from doing such, it still allows you to be able to go forth and be able to join in with us. Uh, amen? Amen. And so I was always encouraged, you know, by, by that happening. Anyways, are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have any other announcements? Um, I don't know, but I keep losing my voice, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> she's losing her voice. All right. Um, but I do have something to say. <laughs> I might be able to actually talk today. <laughs> no, I'm not likely. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, no. I'm going to make sure I have enough voice for that. <laughs> oh, I, I will make sure that my voice is, is okay for the whole service. Um, no, I think what I wanted to share this morning is just, you know, it's a new year. It's a fresh new start. And uh, Pastor Brian kind of started to touch a little bit on it. Um, but I felt like even the snow um, coming down uh, through the night and waking up to that fresh blanket of snow, I really feel that there is a difference between, you know, a lot of times when you go through the winter season, you're, you're thinking of all the death that's happening and it's just feeling very barren. It's feeling f very um, empty and, and dark and gray. How many ever feel like that going through, you know, a winter season in your life? You know, I'm talking in the natural, but also in, in your life walking through that. And this year just seemed like it was uh, different. And I feel like the winter season was not one that was dark and depressive, but it was one that was bringing a fresh newness, a refreshing to the body of Christ. And so I really feel that even waking up this morning, it's the first Sunday of the year, and seeing that blanket of snow was just a reminder of God saying that his refreshing is here for the body of Christ. And I don't think that that necessarily means that things are going to go easy in your life. I don't think that it means that that um, you're not going to walk through tough times, because I think we all will walk through tough times in our life. But what happens is that when we take God into, into every moment of our life, what happens is there is a refreshing that comes upon our soul. And so we can walk through the waters and not drown. And we can walk through the flame and not be burned. And so this season, I just pray that over you right now, that there is just a great refreshing. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, that uh, there is just that blanket of refreshing over every one who is in the body of Christ right now, Father, everyone who is under our care, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they're just experiencing that refreshing in you today. In Jesus' name, a fresh new year. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, so as we get started today, you know, one of the things that we, uh, you know, do primarily a lot of even towards the end of the year is, you know, not only do we evaluate kind of, you know, our lives and so forth, but, you know, we also kind of take a look at the church and we pray a lot about, you know, what God is saying to us corporately, you know, where are we going, what's the direction of different things, and, you know, I really feel, as Pastor Sherry was talking about, you know, there's, there's you know, obviously, there's, there's a season shift that is taking place 
right, as we exit out of one particular season and into another new season. And I think that's really relevant for us to first and foremost know is that when you make a season change, okay, we need to break off the attachments, right, of where our heart is in the old as we enter into the new. So for instance, if the last season that you were in is a rainy season, okay, and you're in all your rain gear and all of that stuff, and then you shift into the next season and you no longer require the rain gear, okay? We need to move on from being attached to having to walk around with a rain gear on. You guys with me? And so I believe that was part of it. You know, for a lot of you, you know, even in, in 2023, you know, maybe it, was a, maybe it was a long year or maybe it was a tumultuous year or a year of, you know, that was just different than what you expect it to be. But here's what I want you to, I want you to know. There's a season shift that has taken place and that season is God and God is now bringing us in to something that is new. And we need to be aware of that part of it. And I believe that here is one of the key breakthrough moments for us, is especially if you've been through you know, different times of rough, you know, a rough season, et cetera, is we talked about it right at the end of the year. Praise brings the breakthrough in our lives. And so I really believe that the last thing that you wanna do when things are rough is praise. But the first thing that we need to do when we see the battle or the challenges that are there is we need to praise God. And as we praise God with our voice and we praise God with our spirit, man, it's gonna break the yokes of heaviness off of our laughs and we're gonna be able to shift forward into that which God has for us. One last part. 2023 was a year of preparations. Right? It was a year of setting things into order. It was a year of preparing people you know, for, the, for the building that God is looking to be able to do. It was a preparatory year for us. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I want to actually go back to the first part that you were saying. What did, wait, now I lost my train of thought. What did you say originally, the first part? The preparations? The, no, the the praise, the praise, oh, praise, the praise. Here's the thing is that as we're walking into this next season, see, we're walking into a time where the enemy is feeling very threatened. He's starting to see believers rise up and know who they are in Christ. They're starting to understand what's going on and who God created them to be. And so what he's doing is he's, he's upping the attacks. And what happens is the attack that he is attacking in is the area of praise and worship. Do you know why? Because that's the very first thing. That's what brings you into God's presence. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. And this is that thing where um, if you haven't already experienced this, you may end up experiencing this in the next little bit, is that in, in the area of offering worship up to God or singing, or just letting yourself just experience that. And I felt like um, I was cleaning out my office the other day, which is long overdue, but I was cleaning up, and I found this little, I don't know, encouragement paper. And on the paper, it was probably back from like the, the 1900s. It was probably from the 1900s. <laughs> Throw that in there. Um, but it said, don't- Some of you were around in the 1900s. <laughs> Maybe we all were. No, we all weren't. Um, but what it said was, don't postpone joy. And I thought, you know what? That's right. You know, how many times when we're feeling so just down and out and we're just like, you know, we're drudging along. It's a heavy week. It's a heavy day or something. We're just kind of feeling like, you know, I just, I don't really feel like X, Y, Z. I don't really feel like A, B, C. 
But what God says is that whether you feel it or not, we're not moved by our feelings. We don't go according to the way we feel because what happens is we enter into that sacrifice of praise. And as we enter into that sacrifice of praise, all of a sudden we begin to feel better. See, the feelings line up with our choice to make that sacrifice. This is not, this is last week's message or a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but, um, but in terms of preparation, you know, we all have preparations that we have to make. And, you know, even over the Christmas holidays, um, I didn't do much grocery shopping at all, actually. I didn't do much of anything. Um, but we, Violet was having a party, and so she needed some food. And so I had to actually take inventory in my house to see what I had to be able to make the things that she wanted me to make. And see, this is the same thing that we have to do in our lives, is we have to take inventory of what's going on inside of our heart in order to be able to move into this next season and to be able to accomplish what God is doing in this next season. See, if we're taking inventory and we realize that we're short on this or we're short on this and we need to make sure that we do what we need to do to be able to get that and to be able to bring that back into our inventory. And I really feel that praise and worship is that thing that is going, it's part of that inventory that we need to bring into our everyday lives. Yeah. And I think when, when you're taking a look at that, that inventory process, right, you're really taking a look at something into, into greater focus, okay? Some of, some of us, you know, really needed to take the glasses, you know, out of the pocket, you know, and, and put them back on so that we can actually see and focus in on really what do we have that we, where has our focus actually been? Has our focus been, you know, on this? Has it been on this, right? You know, where, where was our focus in 2023? It was a year of preparations. What were we focused in on? Were we focused in on our jobs? Were we focused in on our children? Were we focused in on our finances, right? Or were we focused in on the kingdom of God? These are all different things that we needed to really take a look at what was happening with our focus. Now, one of the things I've learned about focus, right, is that you can focus on the right things and you can also focus on the wrong things. Am I right? You know, if we look at, you know, the world around us and everything that we are looking at, right, where, is that where my focus is at? You know, we can take it into a layer deeper, you know, where we say, where we're discerning what is particularly going on. We're discerning the evil that is taking place in the world around us. You know, I could have conversations with, with many of you all, all over the congregation, you know, about what they're discerning what is happening politically. What is, they're, they're discerning about what has happened institutionally. What they're discerning what is, what is happening, what the devil is essentially doing within the earth. But when God talks about discernment, there's more than just discerning what the enemy is doing. There's also the discernment of what God is doing in the earth. And our discernment should be more focused on what God is doing in the earth than what the enemy is doing. Because in the midst of whatever the, do, the, the devil is doing in his camp, God's doing something in his camp. It says in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so Pastor Sherry just talked about the joy, the joy that we need to be focused on. Are you discerning where the joy is in your life or the absence of it? Are you discerning where the peace is? Are you discerning where righteousness is? Or are we only focused in discerning what is going on in the world and the devil and what he is creating around us? Absolutely. We need to be discerning what the kingdom of God has to say. We do, and, and the world is changing around us, and there's so much that's going on. And, and even when you were saying that about discerning, you know, um, we can focus on the things that the enemy is doing, or we can focus on what God is doing. And our, I really feel like what God is saying is that if we 
start to shift our focus from the negative onto the positive, and we begin to see the good of what God is doing, and, and to the world, it might look like it's not good. But let me tell you, when God says it's good, it's good. And so when we start to shift our focus to see what God is doing, we'll begin to see things in a different light, and we'll begin to, uh, we won't miss the moves of God. See, if we keep focusing on the negative, if we keep focusing on what the enemy is doing, if we keep focusing on him, we're going to miss what God is doing. And I don't want to miss what God is doing in this time because God is moving and he's asking you, are you along for the ride? Are you coming? Not only are you along for the ride, but are you willing to make a stake in the ground? Are you willing to make it everything inside of your being at the very core of who you are? Are you willing to trust in him with everything that is inside of you and say, God, no matter what, no matter where you take me, I am going with you because I cannot survive without you. Proverbs chapter 3. Now we're going to get started, right? Now we're going to get started. Let's get started. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And I really feel that in, in um, 2024 that there's going to be a greater emphasis on trusting in the Lord, a greater emphasis on that things that around you might not seem like they're all in order, but God says to trust me. And when we trust him and we don't lean on our own understanding, then we can know that he works on our behalf. Amen. I really believe I said that last year was a year of preparations, but this is a year that God is going to take those preparations and is going to apply them into our lives. And he's the master builder that is really going to utilize those things. And are we ready? What have, first of all, what have we prepared? Right? Did we bring chicken when we needed steak? We need to know that this is the year that God is ready to apply those things. So I want to get started with Exodus chapter 13, verse number 21 and 22. And it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the people. You know, this here is something that if you guys are aware of, is, is basically when the children of Israel went through, through the, the, ten, the 10 plagues in Egypt and they went through all of that process where God was delivering them out of the hands of the Egyptians, as a, they, they got delivered out and then it says immediately, that's where it picks up in chapter 13, right, where it says that the Lord went before them. God, now here's the thing, it was a turmoil season. It was a season of frustration. It was a season of deliverance that was brought through, but it was also a very tough and a hard season that the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt. Am I right? But they got set free, and God made a season shift for them. And as he made a season shift, the first thing that it says is, now it says that the Lord went before them in a pillar of a cloud and a pillar by night of fire. So, we're going to talk today a little bit about that pillar. You guys with me? Let's talk about the significance of that pillar. The first thing I want to bring out for you guys is that the pillar, uh, sorry, represented God's continual presence and glory. Say his continual presence and glory. You know, it says that the Lord went before them. And this is one of the keys I want you guys to first of all. It was God that was the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of the fire, okay? It was God himself. 
And so that their word actually says Lord came from the word Yahweh, Yahweh. It actually speaks that God was in the pillar and it was a very, very visible representation of God being there with them day in and day out. It was continuously that he was there, right? He was, he was in their midst. And when we see clouds in the Old Testament, they're very much a representation of the presence of God. What did we talk about last year? Last year, we talked about contending for the presence of God. God's presence is where we wanna be. What does it say? It says, David, David said in the Psalms, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Do we really understand what David was saying when he says better is one day in the presence of God than a thousand without it. God's presence was there. In, 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 in Exodus 33, 14, God is speaking to Moses and he says directly to me, he says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Further in Numbers 9, 15, it says, and now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up and the cloud covered the tabernacle of the tent of testimony, from the evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire, and so it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. There's one thing that I want you guys to really realize in this. I never really realized this as much until I really studied this out. It wasn't two separate pillars. I used to always think that it was like two separate phenomenons that, you know, miraculous things that were taking place, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. But here's what I want you to realize. It was God himself who was the pillar. It was a singular pillar. And at one moment of time, it was a cloud and then it transformed and then it illuminated and it was fire at another time. It was God who was there, and it was a singular power that God was manifesting before the people that day. And I think this is so important for us because it realizes that there was a tabernacle. It talked about, in, I wanna read the scripture on, on the tabernacle, and it says, and the tabernacle of the meeting, it shall move out with the cap, camp of the Levites in the middle of the camp. Listen, that word tabernacle is miskin, and that word miskin talks about a dwelling place or a home specifically. You know what the tabernacle represented? It was the dwelling place of the Old Testament of where God resided. Now, we have in the New Testament, we have a dwelling place where God resides. And where's that new tabernacle? It's us, right? But in the Old Testament, which was a foreshadowing, right? It was that God was here in the midst. And it says that when the tabernacle was set up and the children of Israel were moving from location to location, they always set up a camp. And when they set up the camp, the tabernacle went right smack dab in the middle. I think they have a picture of this that I wanna show you guys. And so when you see what's going on here, the children of Israel all the way around the tribes were all positioned around the center of, of the tabernacle, which is where the fire and the pillar was located each and every day. I don't know if you guys understand the significance of this, is that God was there in the center and they were surrounded by like, they were surrounded by God, but they were surrounding God. They were in his presence and no matter when they looked, there he was. And I feel like God is saying in this moment is, what is at the center of your life? If you are the tabernacle now in the New Testament time, then what is at the center of your heart? 
And only you can answer that question. I can't answer that question for you. But I can tell you that what is in your heart is going to begin to flow out. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And it will begin to flow out. But here is this pillar of fire, this pillar of cloud that is there that they could see at every moment and every time. Like if they were, if they were stuck and they couldn't see where they were going, all they had to do was look to the fire, look to the cloud. And you know, so many times in life, we don't know where we're going. We feel like we're lost, like we're in the cloud or like we're in the fog and we just, we can't see. But maybe it's because we've turned away from the fire. Maybe it's because we've turned away from the cloud and we've lost our focus and we aren't looking back to God to see, God, what are you saying? Where are you directing us? I need you in the very center of my life. And here's the thing, is that this, this uh, pillar revealed God's glory. In Exodus chapter 24, 15 to 18, it says that Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on, on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Mount went in, um, Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. This is incredible. When Moses went up and he's having this encounter with God, do you know the children of Israel, as they're seeing, they're seeing the manifest glory of God here right before them. And um, if we look back, um, the, the cloud and the fire, they're one, even as Pastor Brian was talking about. It's not two separate things. See, what happened was there was a transformation there was a, there were, during the day when it was hot and the cloud was over above covering and protecting. And then as the twilight came and as the nighttime came, that cloud began to transform into this powerful fire that was before them. And God wasn't exchanging and said, hold on one second, I'll be back. And then come back with a fire. He didn't, he didn't exchange the cloud and bring a fire. It was him all the time and his glory being revealed and his cloud that was protecting. And it was his fire that was leading. And this is the thing is that day or night, night or day, it didn't matter because they had light. They could see where they were going. So even in the midst of the darkness, when everything was so black around them, like this right now, I can't really see much of you unless I do this. Because the light is there. And when the light is there, it doesn't matter. It's just shining the way. So wherever I'm going, I'm walking in the light. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness is around because I've got the light with me. I've got Jehovah Ori, the Lord our light. He's guiding us. He's leading us in everything that we should go. And so we were talking about focus. We talked about what we focused on last year. And we talked about how God is here in the middle of the camp. He's in the middle of the camp, front and center. He's in the middle. And it shows us about the focus of what was going on. Because, you know, if something's in the middle of your life, you know what happens? You can't just set it aside. It's there. It's front and center. I see it at all times. I'm always in the process of paying attention to it. I'm always listening to what's going on. And the children of Israel were constantly watching what was happening with the presence of God in their camp. They were watching when it was a cloud, and they were watching it when it was a fire. They were watching it when it moved, and they were watching it when it stayed. They were there watching, watching, watching. And here's the thing about it. Not only is God there in the center of the camp watching over us. 
but also we're there to be able to be watching what God is doing. We need to be paying attention to what God is actually doing in the earth. Are we watching God or are we watching what's going on around in the environment? Are we paying attention to what God is saying and doing in our midst or are we paying attention to everything else? God is telling us and instructing us, we need to be watching. You know, when I was younger, or sorry, when I was younger, when my kids were younger, they used to watch this movie all the time called Monsters, Inc. And in Monsters, Inc., there, you know, there's, there's, there's this famous line, there's a character in the movie, and her name is Roz. And one of the things that Roz does is she's always watching people. And she says it to, to one of the characters today, she's like, She's like, I'm all, she's like, always watching. Always watching. <laughs> and so when they, when, and it was something that stood out all the time is this, are, are we watching? Are we watching what God is doing? In Chronicles, it says, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his presence continually. In Matthew 26, 41, it says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's the thing that's interesting about it. What are we watching? Because God is actually giving us an instruction here about what we're to watch. Does he say, are we supposed to just watch our family? Are we supposed to just watch our careers? Are we supposed to just watch our finances? Are we supposed to just watch what's happening in the world? Those are all things that maybe are relevant for, for us, maybe here, there, I don't know. But here is what is relevant. God says, I'm here at the center of your camp. I'm here in the center of your midst. And what you should be watching day in and day out and continuously is me. It's straightforward. Are we watching God and what he is doing in the earth or are we watching something else? It's good. The third thing, the pillar leads us and guides us. When you're following somebody, here, I'm going to give an example of like, you know, driving. We're two different types of drivers. If anybody's driven with Pastor Brian, um, you know you'll get to point B very efficiently. You might have whiplash, but you'll get there. When you get married, you know, all the men out there, you all happen to pick up an additional driver in the car. Yeah. <laughs> a little co-pilot, you know. And then there's me who drives, and I drive, you know, a little bit cautious, a little bit more cautious than, than he does. And I'm trying to think about what's the point. Oh, leading. So if somebody's, yeah, I'm like, where, do, where am I going with this? I'll tell you where I'm going with this, is that when somebody's following us, and we're like, here, if you don't know where you're going, just follow me. If I'm leading them, they're right behind me, like right behind me. But every couple of minutes, he has to go, oh, where are they? And then he realizes they're stopped at the light way back there because he went through. <laughs> and so the thing is, is that when somebody is leading you and guiding you, you have to be with them in their presence. And if you're going to allow God to lead you and you're going to allow him to guide you in your life, you've got to be in his presence. You've got to spend the time with him. You've got to be in there with him. You've got to be so connected with him that when he moves, you move. And here's the thing is that in, um, in Exodus chapter 40, it says, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tab tabernacle, I was about to say it wrong. Um, I, don't, I don't know why it was like tabernacle. We were kind of like joking around about it. Anyways, now I can't say t uh, tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But 
if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all their journey. Here's the thing. When the pillar moved, the people moved. When the pillar stayed and rested, the, pillar, uh, the people stayed and they rested. And what happens is, as, as Christians, sometimes we think, oh God, you haven't moved yet, we're, we're supposed to be moving. And we try to force his hand out moving, and we're moving, and we're going, and we're going, and we're like, come on God, come on, let's go. And then we realize that we've come so far the other side where we can't see the pillar anymore. We have to turn around and we say, God, you know what? If you tell me to stay put, I'm going to stay put because you're not moving and you're waiting for him to say, okay now, okay now. Because in that waiting time, God is doing something on the inside of us. He's preparing us for something. Maybe he's building something up on the inside of us. And so we have a moment now where we can, we can sit here and we can really wait, watch, and pray and say, God, okay, okay, but you know what? While I'm waiting, it's like when you're starting a race. When you're starting a race, you're there and you're like, you know the time's coming to be able to move. You know you're about to go and you're in your starting position. You're prepared, you're ready to go. And you're just waiting for that starting gun to release before you start going. But see, if you're not, then you're just kind of hanging around. And then when that starting gun goes, you're like, oh wait, hold on. You're left behind. You gotta move when God moves. You gotta follow where he leads. You gotta go in the place that he is leading you. And I just wanna go actually a little bit more in depth on that. Just in, in Numbers 9, if we keep reading actually in, chapter, in verse number 17, it says, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey, and in that place where the cloud was settled, settled there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Then even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was that the cloud was above the tabernacle for a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. You guys catching this so far? I think it's pretty straightforward. As the, as the cloud moved, right, they moved. As the cloud stayed, they camped. And it says, so it was that when the cloud remained only from evening to morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, they would journey. So they would get up. It said even if it was only less than like a 12-hour window, they would just, if it stayed, they stayed. If it moved, they moved. And here's the interesting part about whether it was by day or by night, we get so comfortable into the movements of God, right, that we, we, we lack to pay attention that he actually designed the process for them that they could move whether it was in the middle of the day or they could move at night. And then it says, whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey, whether it was two days, a month, or a year, that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. And so really, this is, as I said, this is how they moved. They were constantly watching. Their focus was always on, what is God doing? Their focus, what I told you, wasn't on everything else. It was, what was God doing? And Pastor Sherry kind of brought this out a little bit. You know, what happens if, if you decide that, you know, I'm going to start moving before God moved? You know what? You found yourself outside the camp. You found yourself 
without the presence of God because you had removed yourself from the camp because you moved on before the cloud moved. And what would happen is the same thing is if, the cl- if you weren't paying attention or you weren't watching what God was doing and you were sitting still in the camp after the children of Israel saw the command of the Lord and they moved forward and you decided to sit and remain, what ended up happening? You were outside the camp. You were outside of God's presence. If you happen to, you know, find out, you know, three weeks later or a month later because you weren't paying attention to what God was doing, you now found yourself outside of what God was actually doing in the earth. And that's good because this is something that we need to be aware of. Where is our focus? Okay. And I think this comes back down to trust. Right. It does. And it, last year we actually discussed um, Hebrews eleven eight. that actually says, this was in our adversity series, it says, <clears throat> by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. And I, I love this because um, it's not like, you know, I was talking to Pastor Ryan the other day and I'm like, you know, it's, I think it was you that I was talking to, I don't know, anyways. With the Bible, we're reading it. We've read it, you know, many times before. Hopefully, you guys have read it many times before, right? Yep, all right. So we've read the Bible. We know the way the stories go. We know what happens in the end. But let me tell you, the people that were there and they were living through it, they didn't know exactly what was going to happen. They didn't have a book to go, okay, what happens, right? And so, and so here, you know, Abraham, he's called to go to a place, and you know what he did? He obeyed and he went, even though he had no idea. And sometimes I feel like, you know, God's leading me to a place and I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing. This doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of times it won't make sense to us. It won't be something that you can logically figure out. But if God is moving a certain way and he's asked you to be obedient to it, then if you obey, you'll be able to receive that inheritance through the obedience of following him. Yeah, and it says, it says in God's word, it says, you know, I, I, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by God and he delights in his way. And, and another one it says on there, and we, all, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, for they are called according to his purposes. See, uh, the, what's another scripture that goes alongside with this? The just shall live by faith. You know, this is something that we need to activate our trust in God with our faith. We need to understand the goodness of God. We need to understand his nature and his character, and we need to follow after it in, according, in accordance to that. When it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart, it's a heart condition whether or not we're trusting God. And that's what it's saying. Lean not unto your own understanding, because you know what's gonna be in contradiction to your trusting of, with your heart and your faith is your head. How many intellectuals do we have here? How many of those logical, everything's got to fall progression? That's one of, you know, me. And the hardest thing that you got to realize sometimes is it doesn't make sense up here, but it makes sense right here because this is what Abraham had to understand. It does, I don't know where I'm going, but I know that I'm called to be able to follow God where he leads and he prompts me. And so what I want to bring out here, just a real tidbit on this, was in verse number 23 at the end of that, it says, at the command of the Lord, they remained encamped. And at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. And they kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. See, God is the one who gave all the instructions. God was the one who commanded. 
They commanded and they moved in accordance to what God had given them the instruction to be able to do. And you know what they did? They trusted God even though they didn't know. When you're wandering around in the desert in a whole bunch of uncertainty, you had to trust God when he brought you to move you to the next place from place to place. But you know what it also says? That it says that he also did that. It says, at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. The people also trusted Moses. They also were there, and he was there to be able to help administer and to be able to confirm that which God was actually speaking to the people. In the new covenant, you know what we have the benefit of? God has that re direct relationship that he speaks directly to you and I. We're able to be able to hear directly from God, but he also places in our lives leaders and people who can help us to be able to discern that which God is speaking in our midst, to be able to help make that as a confirmation for you what the leading and guidance of God is. It's not there to be able to nullify what God speaks. It's not there to be able to control things. It's not there to supersede what God actually says, but it's there to actually complement it within your life. You know, I was talking to my father this week a little bit. He's been in ministry, many of you guys know, for, for let's just say a really long time. <laughs> and, and, and he could probably tell you a whole bunch of stories about crazy things that have happened within the church world. But I remember just even just a couple simple things, and I want to just give you a real easy example of this. You know, you know, someone had came to him at one point, and these, these are, this is an actual, I'm not going to give a whole bunch of examples, just a real easy one. But it's, they walked in and they told him one day, you know what, I feel that as God's leading me, that I'm to marry this person. Okay? And my dad looked at them and said, you realize that the person that you feel that God is leading you to marry is married. So, you know, it kind of makes common sense, but the thing is, is that obviously there's a, there's a violation here or something that doesn't really line up with God's word, which is really what your leader's job and responsibility is, is to be able to take you back to God's word, to be able to take a look at that inward witness that God has on the inside and to be able to help guide you along the way to be able to help you in that process of hearing and working with what God is telling you in your personal life. Now, he also then uses them to be able to help in the corporate life, but there's a compliment, and they're there to help complement you in that process. I want to jump down to point number four because right. we're running short on time, and right. uh, we got a lot. Okay. You want to start it, or you want me to just go into it? I'll go into it if you want. Okay, the pillar represented protection. <laughs> Protection. <laughs> Protection. Here, actually, I even feel like this is something just significant in this moment is that, you know, um, he's the head of the house and he offers protection for the rest of the household. And there, there's a time right now where women are starting to, uh, and children are starting to usurp their authority over the head of the house. And this is not the direct order that God has called it to be. And what he, he has said is that there is a protection when you are underneath and submitted underneath the authority. And this is what he was saying here, is that this pillar represented protection. It says that in Exodus 14, 19 and 20, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud in darkness to, to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Do you see what happened is that God protected them on, on behind them because the Egyptians were after them. 
But see, God says, when you're under my protection, I can move to the place where you need that protection. And what happened was they, the Egyptians couldn't see through the cloud to see where the, where the Israelites were. And so there was that protection, but he was still a fire on the other side for the Israelites to see. So as long as they were on that side, they saw exactly where they needed to go. And in Psalm 91, chapter, uh, verse 1 to 2, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. How many times do we want to throw truth away and we want to receive and, and bring into our lives what is not true or some, something that somebody says is truth, but it's not God's truth. And we need God's truth in our life, and that's a protection for us. And here's the thing is, um, the other night I was actually, uh, I, I was dreaming. You guys know I dream a lot, but I was having a bad dream. And when I woke up from the bad dream, I was quoting Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. And what happened in the dream was, I'm not going to share the whole dream, but there was a moment where I needed protection. And I was looking, and it was nowhere around. And then I saw this opportunity for protection, and I dove underneath the, the covering that I needed. And as I dove under the covering, I woke up quoting this scripture, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. There is protection in who God is. There is protection in staying connected with him. There is protection in submitting underneath his authority. And when we say, God, you know what? I don't know what's going on around me, or I know that there are things that are going on around me, but I'm not afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by noonday, because I know that my God is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I know that there is nothing that the enemy can do that can stand up to what God is doing, because God is almighty God. He is El Elyon. He is the most high God. He is the one who is king of kings, and he is the one who is Lord of lords. He is the God most high, and there is nobody more powerful than the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? And that's who we serve. We serve a God who protects us. We serve a God who loves us. And I just want to actually jump to this morning when I got up, um, did a lot of reading. So what happens when we wake up at 4.30? It is. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 28. I'm sorry to the media team. You don't have the scripture in here. It says, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, which that word perplexity actually means that you, you feel like there's no way out. There's no escape. There's nothing that can happen. It says the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then... They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And now when these things begin to happen, it says, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. This is who we're serving the king of glory coming back in all his glory, who's going to be riding in on a cloud and saying, I'm coming back for you. I want you. Are you ready for him? Are you ready to see him coming back? Are you ready for your redemption to draw near? 
The word redemption means ransom in full. Are you ready for what God is doing? Why don't you guys stand up as we're closing? I want to I bring out one of the things that said about the protection of God was that not only did it just protect them from the Egyptians in that particular moment where it moved from the front end to the rear guard as Jehovah Majen, as, 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 their, as their shield, but also that pillar, that Holy Spirit who is with us, you know what it also does? It also, that, that, that cloud by day protected them from the heat of the sun, okay? But it also, at nighttime, it protected them, right, from the other elements that were going on around, and it provided for them the warmth in the midst of those circumstances as well. Here's the thing. God protects us, but it also is, are we in his presence? Are we being led by him and following to where he's going so that his, his if, if, I'm, if I'm left behind when the pillar is uh, uh, in front of me or it's been moved into another location and the fire is being brought forth to be able to protect and shield me from the Egyptian army that day, but I'm nowhere to be found, am I going to be in the protection of God Almighty? Where are you at? And this is where I believe that this is where we're leading ourselves into 2024. Pastor Rick, you know, we were talking, you know, talks about, he believes, you know, this is a year of more. It's a year of more of the release of the power of God. It's there for more of the release of the anointing of God. It's there to be able to reap in the harvest of God that is before us. It's a year of more. But when a year of more comes, it also comes with a year of challenging and conquesting and different adversity things that are, are going to become around. But this is where the church rises up with the greater power and the greater influence in the earth because there's more for us this year but we also need to be aware are we walking where God has us to walk are we staying where God is having us to stay are we listening with our focus on him or are we focusing on everything else around us God is calling us this year this is a year to apply the preparations that God has went on beforehand. These are the, the year to apply into the harvest. And here's the thing I've learned about harvest season. Harvest season is not like any other time of year. They don't just work in their little nine to five window. When the harvest is in, they wake up at the crack of dawn and they work all the way into evening time. It's a different season. There's a different light that is taking place right now. But when the harvest is here, you reap in the harvest because if you don't reap when the reaping's here, you miss out on what's meant to be reaped because there's a window. And when God's calling us for the more, he's calling us to reap in the harvest and the harvest is before us. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are here in this place with us. Father, I thank you for everything that you have laid out for us in the word of God, and today we choose to submit underneath your authority. God, I thank you for your presence. May your presence go with us in everything that we do. May it go before us. May it stand behind us. May it be all around us, Father. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you just be with us in every single moment of every single day. No matter the darkness that is around us, I thank you that you are Jehovah Ori, the Lord our light. And I thank you that you lead us through the pathways, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you help us to navigate in uncertain times, God. And I thank you that this is the year of more. This is the year that we are uh, 
preparing for what you have for us and preparing to do your work no matter the cost. God, we thank you for your presence today in Jesus' name. And I want to just add as we, as we close is I think it's one of the things that said, you know, we're watching what God is doing in the earth. And I think one of the things that we need to be watching because there's parallels to what is happening over in Israel right now, right, that are going to be affecting the entirety of the world and especially the body of Christ. These are things we're going to probably share more on as we go. This series, uh, Trust in the Lord, is going to be something that's going to be woven into. Uh, the, we're going to be continuing this series periodically through the entirety of the year. But I want to encourage you guys, listen, one of the things that has happened, I think, in a lot of people's lives, if you haven't experienced this, I don't know uh, how you have been able to avoid it, but we're going to start next week a series on rejection. Okay, rejection is something that has hit a lot of people, not just recently, but generationally. It's hit sometimes for long seasons. It's hit for decade upon decade. And there's a lot of times that we learn how to compensate for rejection, but we don't actually get healed of rejection. And I believe this is something really important. I'd like you to invite your friends out, those people who have been rejected. We're going to be teaching on it for the next three weeks. We're going to talk through and we're going to believe for healing because I also believe that rejection is also tied into persecution and persecution is coming to the body of Christ and we need to be prepared and we need to be healed up from that we're going to be sharing a couple weeks on that and Pastor Rick's going to close that out as well um, on the third week so I just want you guys to be aware that this is where we're going if you guys you know what if, if something happens this week where you feel rejected or you've been experiencing rejection just know that there's a purpose because God is going to reveal to us and minister to us and I believe this is a breakthrough moment for a lot of people that they can get their identities back to where God has placed them and it needs to be in him. You guys with me? Amen. I want you to be blessed. Have the best week of your life. If you need prayer, we'll be up here at the altars, but just know that 2024 is going to be a year for you. Amen. Amen.